Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Thursday, July 30th edition of the Sheila Zelinsky Show. Thank you for tuning in from across the globe, and as well to those listening in on Worldwide Christian Radio. Yesterday in the program, I had an announcement, and it was a very emotional time for me, and I said that Friday would be my last day on the air due to lack of financial support and me being behind in airtime and unable to continue on in the broadcast. And I must say, I was pretty stunned at the outpouring of how many people are very disheartened and dismayed. And since the announcement yesterday, I haven't had any peace about going off the air completely. So I really was asking the Lord what to do. And so for the month of August... For employment purposes so I can catch up on some overdue bills. I'm going to be taking the month of August off to work with the exception I have two speaking engagements, one in Dawson Creek, BC, Canada, and one in Houston, Texas, August 13th and 14th, which I worked out with my August work schedule. So I'm going to be in some serious prayer about the direction I need to take with my show and I'm asking you to also lift me up in prayer. I know God is a big God and some things are not making sense to me right now and I need to get really real with my listening audience. I need to upgrade a lot of things. You know, I'm using old dilapidated equipment. If you saw the tiny corner I work out of in my small house I rent, I know a tiny house is better than a year ago at this time, though I was living in my car in August. I had lost everything and For some bizarre reason, I felt like there was something seriously wrong with me. And a lot of people in my circle were saying, well, I just needed to be naming it and claiming it. And something was wrong because I wasn't believing God for material things. That's not what I wanted from God. I wanted to be at a place in my life where I wasn't attached to anything. And that was a really tough time for me to be a professional when... I was doing shows from a Wi-Fi corner in a truck stop where you can shower. And this is how I was doing a lot of Doug's show. And people didn't know that because I was too prideful to tell people what was going on. 
And, you know, sometimes I think, Lord, what is wrong with this picture? I, I have a flimsy TV tray stand as a desk with a broken chair in the corner of my living room I can barely squeeze into. And it's pretty Mickey Mouse. And I'm not complaining or whining. I'm simply saying these conditions I'm doing this show in are far from ideal and even hindering me. Yet I know I'm called to do this. So I've been making do, but there comes a point when you say, this needs to be done right. And there are some things that don't make sense. And you would think that after coming off a 21 day fast, I'd have clarity, but I don't. So I'm asking you to be patient while I sort some things out. I felt the Lord put it on my heart to share this with my listening audience. And it's, it's hard to admit these things. You know, it's like that little picture on Facebook where people go, oh, this is what people think. Oh, I wish your life was as wonderful as you pretend it is on Facebook. But the truth is, maybe pride has kept me from being honest about my situation. I'm just being real. I'm just getting really real with my audience. Again, there's one thing to make do. But again, there comes a time where you just say this. A lot of changes need to happen here. So... So I'm going to be spending a lot of time in prayer. And again, I'm going to, I've committed to going to work here in August uh, with the exception of those two speaking dates. And I'm going to take a quick break and I will be back with my guest for today. A lady that I'm going to get to see in August, Miss Carla Boutad is coming on the show. We'll be back after this break with my guest, Miss Carla Boutad. And I am excited about her coming on the program. Stay tuned. Back after the break. The Apostle Paul, for example, on the Damascus Road was knocked down. He was absolutely, uh, had no response at all except fear. Because he'd been persecuting the church, putting people in jail and killing Christians, followers of Jesus. Now he's totally out of it. And God begins to speak to him and he's saved. And now here he is in prison, writing and saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're in prison. It doesn't make any difference. You've been here and you've been there and you've been shipwrecked. All these things. And here you're saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because he recognized the absolutely awesome, important lesson here. That in those times when we feel so inadequate, he is there to enable us to do whatever he wants us to do. Now, I think a lot of Christians don't believe that. They'll say, well, the apostle Paul was an apostle. He could say, I can do all things, but I I can't say I can do all things. Let me ask you a question. Does God tell the truth? Yes. I'm not asking really for an answer. Yes, he does tell the truth. He tells the truth all the time. The Word of God is the mind of God recorded by man for man. And he said that you and I can do all things through, watch this, through Christ who strengthens us. It is in his energy, his wisdom, his knowledge, his power, and it is, listen, his strength through Christ who strengthens us. Not I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And listen, is it not compatible with the whole idea? Would God ever call you to do something he's not going to help you do? No. Whatever God requires of you, watch this, you have the promise of the presence and the power of God to help you do it. Learn more about God's empowering presence at intouch.org. Welcome back from the break. I'm very excited about my next guest. She's been a frequent guest on the show. She is a very powerful deliverance minister from 
the Lone Star State, and she's proof, don't mess with Texas, it is my good friend, Minister Carla Boutad. Thank you for coming on the program tonight, Carla. I am so excited to have you on to do this teaching tonight. Thank you, Sheila. I'm excited. Our topic today is very exciting to me. Speaking of excitement, I have been waiting to do this show because I think it's really an important topic, and yet no one's talking about this. And so today, our topic is on angels and what the Word of God says about it. And Carla, here's the deal. The saints of God need to be operating in what they've been given, especially dominion. But here's the thing. People don't understand about calling on the angels. And I've said recently, I think the angels are unemployed, Carla, and that's terrible. It is terrible. You know, when I, I found myself at one time feeling powerless, you know, when things would come into my life. And God has equipped us and he has given us tools to use in these days. And I think the days that we're entering into, we're going to need these things even more so. And so I'm excited we're doing this show as well. I always think, you know, here's the thing. We are seated in the heavenlies. We're hidden in God. It talks about in the Bible, we are to call on the angels, but we also shall judge angels. So there's a lot of scriptures about angels I want you to get into today. Look at the writer of Hebrews tells us, not only do we have angels protecting us, but the body of Christ in general has angels watching over it. But angels are not only protectors, but they minister and they're under God's sovereign hand. And so we're going to get into really what the word says about angels and the scriptural evidence and why this is so applicable, because I think you just nailed it when you said with the end times and the times we're living in today. So we'd better be able to tap into not only angelic protection, but how this whole thing works. You know, we need to understand our authority and we need to understand what we have. Because one time God said to me, I was really troubled about something and I kept praying, praying and saying, oh Lord, you know, do this, do this. And he literally stopped me in my spirit and he said, I've already done it. Okay, sorry, Lord, You, um, I'm going to quit asking you to do the things you've given me the power and authority to do, because he's already yeah. done it, hasn't he? Yes, he has. And he basically said the same thing to me when I was continually praying about a particular thing. And he stopped me, interrupted me, and he said, did I say to you that if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed that you would ask me to move your mountain? And I was mm. like... Oh, uh, no, I believe it says ye shall say, I shall say to the mountain. And it reminded me of when Moses had his back to the Red Sea. He was trying to calm the people down. And this is in chapter 14. And and uh, God interrupted Moses while he was saying, fear not, fear not. God said, why are you crying out to me? That's the same thing that he said to us. And so after that, it says, but raise up thy rod see we've been given authority but we we're not using it and i think you're right i think that's why we don't see many of our prayers answered because we're asking god to do stuff that he has given us the power and authority to do uh the first scripture that i want to bring up is hebrews 1 4 speaking of jesus it says being made so much better than the angels 
as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. And then in Hebrews 1.13, it says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Verse 14, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? It doesn't say sent forth to minister to them. There are ministering angels, but the angels that we're talking about today are the angels that were given to us, those who shall be heirs of salvation, to minister for. And that word minister means to aid, attend, serve, like a waiter, one who runs errands. So my question is, what are you doing with the angels that God has given to us to help us? And I also want to clear up some things. Some believe that angels only hearken to the voice of God. Now, there are angels who only hearken to the voice of God, but those are not the ones I'm talking about. It says in Ephesians 1-3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, in all three of those scriptures, the heavenly places were mentioned. See, we are seated with him in heavenly places. We're not just these lowly little people down here that are useless. No, we are seated with him in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. Ephesians 1.20 says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him, Jesus, at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So if Christ is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, then so are we. That's where we are with Christ. Okay, 1 Corinthians 6, one says, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life. So see, we, we are above the angels. We will judge the angels. Some people think, oh, the angels are, you know, they're so mighty and they only belong to God. We can't do anything. Yes, we can. Now this scripture is speaking of the prophets in the Old Testament who spoke of Jesus. Okay, First Peter 1.12 Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. 
which things the angels desire to look into. See, we, God's people, are privileged in this area. And the angels wish they could have the privileges that we have. That's why it says, which things the angels desire to look into. Okay? Colossians 2.18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility of worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And there are, uh, if he is saying this way back then, in the biblical days, you know that it's going to happen again, and that is people will want to worship angels. I have heard prophets of today who say they call on the angels for their information. I believe that's wrong. We call on God. God says, if you lack wisdom, ask me. I'll give it to you liberally. We're not to be calling on the angels, but we employ the angels. And the the last scripture that I want to read is the one that is the biggest stumbling block when I talk about angels. Every time somebody will bring this scripture up, and it's Jude 1-9. Yet, Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him, the devil, a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. So, you know, when I learned the authority that God wanted me to exercise, and I began to exercise that authority, like saying, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ, Or if I address a demon, you know, people get nervous when I do these things. Well, listen, we are above them. We're seated with Christ. If all of those principalities and powers and dominion and all of those things are under Jesus' feet, then they're under our feet too. So don't be afraid to address the enemy because you have the authority to do it. People say to me, hey, if Michael the archangel won't, rebuke the devil, then you better not either. Because Michael the archangel, he was the mightiest. I said, yes, but we are above Michael the archangel because he's an angel. We are vessels of God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. That puts us above the angels. Well, and we're seated in the heavenlies and we're hidden in him. So if, if we're in him, he has put us above the angels. That's exactly the point. And this is what, you know, because this is never taught, people have no understanding of it. And you know what? I I think about sometimes, here we go to a church, and, and there is the man standing up behind the pulpit, and it's almost like we feel like we can't do or, or have this knowledge. Only he can have that knowledge. You know, it, it almost reminds me of Catholicism, you know, where the priest is going to tell you what you need to know. You don't need to read the Bible. No. You know, I'm wondering now if there are a lot of people who have become followers, not of Jesus Christ, but of man. This prophet, that prophet. And when these guys, some of them are getting off track. 
they started out right. They have a big following. Now they're getting off track. But those who don't really know the Word of God for themselves are going to follow them right off the edge of the cliff. That's dangerous. Absolutely. Get in the Word yourself and ask God to reveal His truth to you. When I got saved, my brother was going to Methodist Seminary. And I was envious, you know, because here he is. He's getting to go to seminary and learning all this stuff. I had three babies. I couldn't go anywhere. (laughs) And so I was in my chair at home with my Bible. And I'm telling you, I don't think my brother learned probably less than what I learned in seminary. Because they certainly don't teach about the fact that Christians can have demons that can cause you trouble your whole life long. They don't even study that. Okay, back to the angels. So that was the last scripture that I had because so many people use that scripture to say, if Michael the archangel can't do that, then neither better you. And I'm here to say, no, don't listen to that because we are seated with Christ far above all principalities and powers. So it's time for us to begin to employ the angels to help us when we need help. Angels are extremely powerful, too, because the prophet Isaiah had a great privilege of seeing them. And Ezekiel chapter 10 gives us a vivid description of them that's hard to imagine. They're created, of course, for the purpose of giving praise and worship to God Almighty found in Isaiah chapter 6 there. But they're also commanded by God to encamp all around us and keep us from falling, getting hurt. And of course, we see that in Psalm 34, 7. We see it all throughout the Psalms. Look at Psalm 91 and the angels are messengers. And what's interesting is that that term, if you look it up in the Greek, it's angelos in the Hebrew Malik. The term angel means messenger. And look at how many times in the Bible we see them bringing a message. They're created to bring a word from the Lord. So, I mean, it's really important that people pay attention and also study out the scripture in this. Right. And I'll tell you what I have begun to realize. In the Old Testament, it was all God. God was the only one really who had power and exercised that power. But in the New Testament, he has given that power to Jesus Christ, who then gave that power to us. So many times when when someone will say on this subject of angels, well, no, we don't have to do anything with the angels because you see God, God put the angels there. I've been thinking about presumptuous sins. You know, David, he's talking about keep thy servant from presumptuous sins. Many times we are presumptuous. I'll just give you an example with one of my testimonies. My brother had gotten this brand new truck. They were going on a trip, so they headed to Houston, stopped at a restaurant to eat. While they were in the restaurant, without knowing it, their truck had been broken into, and they stole all of their luggage. It was like a business trip, and they had to have evening wear. There was jewelry. They lost over $5,000 worth of stuff. They came out of the restaurant, got to the airport, opened the back door of the truck to get the, the luggage, and it's not there. And I've been trying to share this information with my brother, not the preacher brother. This is the banker brother. But I said, I want to know what thoughts you had whenever you saw that you had been ripped off and he he threw his hands out and he looked up and he said god 
I am your son. Why were you not watching after my stuff? And I said, I knew that's exactly where you were going to go with that. Now let me ask you a question. I said, he in Hebrews 1.14, we have been given angels. I said, now let me ask you this. How long would it have taken you driving up into the parking lot? This is what I do with my car. I drive up into the parking lot. Father, I call on the angels right now to come and stand around my vehicle shoulder to shoulder that no evil penetrate. How long did that take? Like three seconds. That's better than insurance. Yes. (laughs) Because you know what? When you call on them, they're there. They're there. And so I told him, I said, Start using the angels. And so when I go on a trip, I start praying two weeks before I ever leave. Father, orchestrate. Who is going to fly my plane? Who is going to travel on that plane with me? Who the attendants are going to be? I call on the angels to watch over my luggage to make sure that it gets where I'm going. I mean, I cover that trip in prayer. Even when I get on the plane, Lord, I'm calling on the angels right now to be all around this plane, that if anything goes wrong, they will see it safely to the ground. It is part of our inheritance, and we really need to utilize everything. You know, Jesus didn't just shed his blood for our sins. You know, when he sent out the disciples, he said, preach the gospel of the kingdom, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. All of that belongs to us. Everything that he has given us. But we, God showed me one time, are just like the Hebrews when they were in bondage to Egypt. Moses came and took them out of bondage, brought them right up to the promised land. God had already given them that land, but they didn't take it many of them. The only ones that got to go in were those that were under 20 with Joshua and Caleb. The rest of them died. So the church today is very much like that. Jesus Christ has come to bring us out of the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of light. And we have come right up to the cross of Calvary, pitched our tents and started having church. We have not entered into the fullness of what he intended us to do. And this is part of it, the angels. When my son was probably in the first or second grade, there was a bully at school that just was giving him problems. And one night he was crying before bed. He didn't even want to go to school. He was so afraid. And I had recently read in Second Kings six seventeen. this is where Elisha and his servant, they were fixing to engage in battle. And the servant, Elisha's servant, was scared. And so this is what Elijah prayed. He said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Those were the angelic hosts that came to assist Elisha in this battle. So I said, Lord, tomorrow when Kyle gets to school, and I explained to Kyle, I put angels around you 
they can't see them. You can't see them. I can't see them. But the demons can see them. And that bully, that little boy, it's not the little boy. It's an evil spirit in the little boy. So I'm going to ask God to open the eyes of that little boy so that he can see the angels around you and it says that he'll scatter our enemies and they'll run in seven different directions. So that's what I prayed. Kyle came home from school that day and I said, well, how did it go, Kyle? And he said, he didn't even talk to me today. (laughs) I said, because he saw the angels. Now that's how real this is. We need to understand how real the spiritual kingdom that we live in is more real than the world we walk around in, and yet we don't even know it. So here's another testimony. I had done a meeting, and some girls came after the meeting and wanted to ask me some questions and stuff. So we stood there and talked. Well, by the time I started feeling tired, it was after midnight. I said, girls, we have got to get to bed. I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. So I got to my room, and I had been standing all that time, and my my body was just aching. I've never had it ache like that. So I lay down in the bed, and I said, Lord, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to sleep. My body is aching so bad. Well, I had taught this lesson on the angels and more stuff, and I had given the scripture about Jesus. It's Matthew 4.11 where the ministering angels, after he said, it is written, it is written, it is written, Satan left him, and then the angels came and ministered unto him. And so I said, Father, is it possible for me to call on those angels that ministered to Jesus to come and minister to my body? I know I didn't go through anything like Jesus did, but I was hurting. And so I closed my eyes to go to sleep. Usually I don't open them up again, but I opened my eyes And the room was full of lights. It was like, I told my husband, like six people were sitting beside the bed with a a flashlight in each hand, and they were just moving them around randomly. Wow. And I sat up, and I I was so excited. And I don't remember anything after that. I just must have just fallen asleep. And, I mean, the next day I woke up refreshed. And so, you know, a lot of things that I have discovered in my Christian walk have been just by throwing something out, just like I did. Lord, can I call on those same angels? And then there they were. I mean, it's just amazing. Okay, another time, Mike had called me. I was at a meeting. My husband called me, and he was really upset because our granddaughter, who was about six or seven at the time, her daddy had come and picked her up, and they were just going to go to Walmart. Well, It was 9.30 at night, and they were not home yet, and my husband was really upset, knowing, you know, that our granddaughter had to get up and go to school the next morning, and it was late, okay? So he said, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to sleep. I'm so aggravated. I said, well, listen, this is what we're going to do. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I send angels right now to wherever they are to arrest him. In other words, stop him in his tracks and impress upon him to get that baby home. That was it. That was the end of the prayer. Well, Mike called me the next morning. He was arrested. Our grandbaby's daddy was arrested and put in jail. And I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. I didn't pray for him to get, you know, to get arrested and put in jail. But he was breaking the law, needed to be put in jail. 
But see, I sent the angels. We can send the angels. Another time, before cell phones, my husband had left the house. We had an emergency at the house. I didn't even know the address where he was going. And so I just said, Father, send an angel. Send an angel and have Mike call home. Well, I'm not kidding. About five minutes later, the phone rang, and it was Mike. You know, he said, I stopped at this little 7-Eleven to get something to drink, and something just told me to call home. Oh, my goodness. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about. We need to understand how precious the angels are to us. Another time, our daughter had a horse, and she had gone horse riding. But it was starting to get dark. She'd been gone way too long. I was beginning to get a little concerned. So I just said, Father, I, I employ the angels to go and tell Katie that it is time to come home. And I mean, just several minutes later, she was coming up the driveway. A lot of times, you know, something will be misplaced. I used to spend so much time hunting for stuff. Now, I say, Father, your eyes are on what I'm looking for right now. You can see it. I'm asking the angels to come and bring my attention to it. And I was at my in-law's house, and my father-in-law had lost his glasses. And I was cooking breakfast, and I turned around, and something was, you know how the sun will hit something and throw a glare in your eyes? Yeah. Well, that's what happened when I turned around in the kitchen. And so I walked toward the glare, and his glasses had fallen under a chair that sat real low that I would have never thought the glasses could have gotten under there but the sun shone on that lens of his glasses and was reflecting light in my eyes and there there they were Carla tell the listeners about that picture you sent me and what was up in the top corner of that picture yes I had uh, done this teaching at a at a meeting recently and one of the people that were at the meeting lived in a neighborhood, and she walked outside very late at night one night, and there was a house fully engulfed in flames. And she remembered the testimonies that I'd given about calling on the angels, so she called on the angels to assist. Well, she took pictures of the fire, and in the right back corner of that house, taller than the house, but it was all in flames, you can see the perfect image of a figure with a sword the sword was being held up and um yeah i was thinking about that picture and i know i sent it to you i don't know if you still have it but i thought it would be cool to uh put it either on your website or on my website that if people wanted to pull it up and look at it they could in fact, I think I'll just do that later today. I'll just have that picture put on the website, my website, and you can too if you want to. They can just Google CarlaButah.com and then look for it on the website. I'll just put it on. I'll, I'll have a new page put for pictures or something. But anyway, another time, my daughter had, she lived with us at that time, and so did our son and her daughter, our little granddaughter. She was five at the time. Well, Mike and I had, gone out of town, came back, and his truck was gone. And, you know, we have a couple of children that are not walking with the Lord at that time. And we were upset that they had taken the truck when they weren't supposed to have. Well, anyway, Mike said, well, they'll be home later. They always are. Well, 
they didn't come home later. And we got a call from a hospital about 80 miles away from us, and Kyle had been airlifted. They had a wreck, a bad wreck. And Kyle had been airlifted to this hospital 80 miles away. Well, we didn't even know where our daughter and granddaughter were. And Mike asked the person that called, and they said, we don't have any knowledge of, uh, of a young lady and a little girl. Well, immediately he thought they had been killed. And, I mean, he was just, he couldn't even dial the phone. So I said, look, let, we don't know where they are. Let's just, I'm not going there, Mike. I'm not going to go there until I know the truth. I'm going to believe. And so let's just go see about Kyle, and he can tell us maybe where they are. Well, anyway, before we could get to the highway, somebody called us and said that our daughter and granddaughter were in a, a local hospital. And I just didn't even know what we were going to walk in on. But I always pray the angels. I send the angels to stand around our grandchildren shoulder to shoulder every day that no evil penetrates. Now, my son and daughter were severely injured, but the grandbaby, when I opened that curtain, she was eating the icing off of a cupcake, Mm -hmm. totally unscathed. When I employ the angels, I believe, I have the faith to believe that they are there, but when I saw her eating icing off of a cupcake, I knew without a doubt it was the angels that kept her from being injured. And I'm thankful for the ministry of those angels. This is a really cool one. I love telling this. About three years ago, I was on my way to the air show in our city. Uh, Mike has a little 150 Cessna, so we participate in the air show and we work at the air show. And our job is to drive like a golf cart or whatever they give us across the airfield to pick up people who fly in to see the air show because you can't walk across the airfield. So we transport them back across the airfield and then we continue to bring people back and forth. At the end, we take them all back to their planes. Well, there was a couple. The man got his wallet out to give give us money for the tickets. Well, when we the air show started, we were walking to a place where we were going to watch and ran into the couple. And the man had lost his wallet. And he thought he left it in the the golf cart. Well, we walked back over there. It wasn't in the golf cart. Well, I didn't know the procedure. We'd never had that happen before. So I'm telling him, well, I could go to the the air show MC, you know, and announcer and have him. And And then I thought, what am I doing? I grabbed that guy on the forearm and I said, no, this is what we're going to do. I said, Father, your eyes are on that wallet right now. You know exactly where it is, and I call on the angels to bring it to my attention. And that guy looked at me like, what did you just do? (laughs) (laughs) And so I went on down to where my husband was, and I was telling him, no, the wallet wasn't in the golf cart. But over his shoulder, way out on the airfield, I could see something black flapping, and I thought, Mike, is that that man's wallet, or is that a dead bird on the runway? Because, you know, sometimes a smashed bird, the the wing will be flapping. It was real windy that day. And so Mike called the policeman over. They were on their little riding things, and he went out there, and it was the man's wallet. I mean, it didn't take 
five minutes. So then he brought me the wallet. He said some things had fallen out. They were on, you know, it's real windy, So, but this is all that was there. So I walked back to where the man was, and he was taking pictures of this plane taking off. So I waited till he put his camera down, and I tapped him on his shoulder, and he turned around. I said, here's your wallet. And that man just started laughing hysterically. He laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. He just looked at me, and I said, those angels, they're fast. I said, enjoy the air show. So that was an amazing feat. Plus the fact that on the way to the air show, I needed some gas in my car. I was low on money. You know, I've learned if I need money, I may ask my husband if he has some, but I don't go to my husband for things I need. I go to God. I said, Lord, I really could use some money. And so when we took that couple back to their plane, we were just talking with them, and he reached out to shake my hand. And when I reached my hand out, he stuck a wad of money in my hand. And I said, oh, no, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I didn't find your wallet. I said, the angels found it, remember? And he said, no, I want you to have this, really. Just please, just take it. So I took it. So Mike and I are, are um, going back across the airfield, and Mike said, well, how much money did he give you? I said, I don't know. I opened my hand, and I started counting it. And it was like $82. And Mike said, no way. He turned around and we went back and I was going to give it back to him. And the man said, I am not taking that back. And I said, well, okay. <laughs> but later I thought, you know, why do we do that? We ask God for something, then he gives it and we're going to refuse it. <laughs> you know, I mean, God has shown me a long time ago, a lot of that is false humility. Yes. Learn to be a gracious receiver. God is a giver, and he wants to give. Now, I, there's no way I could have known that situation was going to happen, but isn't that cool? It was like two things God showed me. I had said I, I could use some money. Then that whole situation happens, and, and I walk away from that with $83. So God is just amazing. He's always just, you know, blowing my socks off with things like that. Another thing that I always make sure I do is praying the angels of God, like when the children were little, and especially in this day and time. I mean, look at the the shootings that are happening, in, like in the movie theaters, at the mall. You just never know anymore when danger is going to present itself. And so we should be careful to... Uh, call on the angels to go to school with our children and stand around them and protect them while they're there. Just to be mindful that they have been given to us to assist us and to minister for us. Like one of the definitions of that word minister was like to run an errand for. And that's what I did when I sent them to go tell Mike to call me December 1st of last year, I was coming home from Lake Hamilton, and I had a wreck. My car, I, I really believe backlash and retaliation from the demonic is a very real thing. When you work for God and you are taking ground that belongs to the devil, he doesn't like it. So he will retaliate against you. So I told Mike, there was no reason for that wreck to have happened. I have driven that road many, many times, wet, dry, 
hot, cold, it doesn't matter. Never, ever have I had a problem. So I'm going around this particular curve, and I told Mike, it was just like I could see Satan taking his, you know how you thump something off of something, if you're going to flick a bug off of your shirt? Right. With that motion, I I said I could just see Satan just going, and just putting my car into a spin, and off the road I went. But if I had not had the angels of God, and I pray that every day, Lord, around me, my family, I stand the angels of God around us shoulder to shoulder that no evil penetrate. Now, the wreck was evil, but I could have been killed in that wreck. I mean, it was so violent. That's the only word I can describe it as, violent. And when I came to a stop, the first words that came out of my mouth, I heard me say, I'm not dead. <laughs> it was that violent. that I mean, I, I didn't even know where I was. I didn't know what was going on. It was just like being sucked up into a tornado, it felt like. And so as soon as I got out of the car, I laid hands on my chest, and I said, Father, I speak a reversal to any damage that happened in my body through that violence in Jesus' name. I didn't have a bruise, a sore muscle, nothing from that wreck. Wow. So I know that the angels protected me while I was in that car. Now, here's, a, here's an interesting fact. I had stopped and bought some stuff to make salad. And after the wreck, I was going to go crawl back in the car and find my salad stuff. <laughs> well, it looked like the lettuce had been broken and broken and broken. It was stuck all over the inside of my windshield. I never did find the butt of the lettuce, you know, where it, uh, the core, whatever, until the next day when it was daylight, and it was crammed up in front of the steering wheel in the dash where the windshield meets the dash. It was crammed up in there, which could have been me, you know. Thankfully, I had my seatbelt on. But the bag, this is what I never could understand, the bag that held the salad stuff was threaded, you know, the little plastic bags that have the round loop for the handle, threaded over my brake pedal. Oh. I don't know how in the world that happened. But, you know, getting it off wasn't easy. So how in the world did that bag get over the brake pedal? Because the brake pedal was too wide to just slide it on. You had to loop it on this end and then bring it back around on that end. Just amazing. Well, you know what's amazing? If I think if we could see in the spiritual realm, we would be stunned. I know there was a little girl that attended a session that Augusto Perez had in Texas, and actually, ironically, Houston, Texas, back in January. And this little child saw these mass. She described around Augusto these big, huge, warring angels. And I think about how Revelation talks about these mighty angels. I mean, these things are just unbelievable. And it says greater in power and might than men there in Second Peter 2, 11. They excel in strength, Psalm tells us. They're mighty. Look at the angel that killed 185,000 in Second Kings. They rolled back Jesus' tombstone, it says in Matthew. If one angel, Isaiah in 37, can do this damage, how much do you suppose a legion of them can do if you look at Matthew twenty six fifty three. I mean, if we looked in the spiritual realm, though, I'm sure we'd, we'd be just stunned. Right. That's exactly right. And you know what? That is something that, you know, that witchcraft prayer that I 
that God gave to me, I added in there to send out the angels to discover and expose every terroristic plot that was being plotted in America before it had a chance to happen. And, you know, there was a man shot and killed several months ago in an airport that had explosives. I'm not sure if it was Dallas-Fort Worth or where it was, but he was in the airport and an altercation with him took place and he was shot and killed. So, uh, you know, I, I rejoice when I see those things happen because had he gotten on the airplane, the whole plane would have gone down. Well, in Revelation 17:7 tells us that angels have knowledge that men do not. So it's really important that we understand they act as mediators, they protect, they minister. I mean, there's so many amazing things that they do, and yet people just, they don't really think about it that much. Well, and I find that is tied in with their lack of understanding who they are in Christ and their authority. Because if you don't know that you have authority, you're certainly not going to use it. And I find that most Christians don't really know who they are in Christ, and they don't know their authority. Yes, sadly, that is very true. They don't know their authority. Now, Carla, this teaching is a part of your Tools for These Times series. Now, you get invited to speak on this all over. At the end of this teaching, when you're speaking in public, you do a prayer You pray over the people to bind and loose, and I would really appreciate if you could do that now over the listeners. Okay, so all of these things that we have talked about, even the fear of people thinking that they don't have the authority to employ the angels, I just would like to pray a prayer to get rid of some things that would keep you from operating the way you need to operate, and then loose some spirits into you so so father right now in the name of jesus i stand in the place that you have given to us far above all principalities and powers and right now in those who are listening i just bind the spirit of fear the fear of talking to angels or employing the angels the fear that they're going to overstep their bounds all fears that would keep them from operating in the authority that you've given us I bind it right now and break its power. I bind all timidity. You go, in the name of Jesus Christ, all timidity, all spirits of uh, fear of failure, fear of failure, you go, in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind all inferiority spirits, thinking that you're just this little creature down here with no power. I bind that spirit of inferiority, and I command it to go now, in the name of Jesus. I bind antichrist spirits, all antichrist spirits that would cause you not to believe. I come against spirits of doubt and unbelief. You go in the name of Jesus. I speak to the evil heart of unbelief mentioned in Hebrews. I bind that evil heart of unbelief and break its power. All skepticism, you go. And faithlessness, go in the name of Jesus. I come against spirits of hardness of heart unable to receive from God in Jesus' name. All hardness of heart, you go. I bind the stony heart. In fact, I break the stony heart. Father, I ask you to circumcise every stony heart in the name of Jesus Christ. 
I come against all religious spirits, religious spirits that have taught you that you're just this little powerless thing. I bind you and break your power in Jesus' name. And I also break the spirit of magnification from Satan, who likes to magnify himself, his power, his demons, his troubles, that spirit of magnification. I break your power and command you to get out of God's people in Jesus' name. I come against the lying spirit, the lying spirit that would tell you, you better not do this. You can't do this. You don't have any authority. I bind those lying spirits right now. I command them to shut up and go in Jesus' name. I come against the fear of being stripped naked and wounded. When we begin to uh, take authority over demons that happened with the sons of Sceva, I bind that fear of being stripped naked and wounded. I come against all tormenting spirits, those spirits that just want to torment us day and night. I bind you, break your power, and I command you to get out of God's people. I come against all the vagabond spirits, idle wandering, beggar spirits, the spirit of the thief and being shiftless. I bind you and break your power and command you to go. I bind the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of the brethren. I bind you and break your power. Get out in Jesus' name. All fainting and spirits of weakness, go in Jesus' name. I come against spirits of elitism, that you have to be from a certain group or have a certain education before you can do these things. I break that power in Jesus' name. It is for all those who have received Jesus Christ, for it is written, to all those who believed on his name, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. I bind all backlash and retaliation right now in Jesus' name. If When they begin to step out, I bind the spirits of backlash and retaliation from the enemy. And right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I loose, I loose the spirit of truth. I loose the spirit of God. I loose love and power and a sound mind. I lose courage upon your people. I lose faith to believe what you have said. I lose boldness in the name of Jesus. I lose might and valor in the name of Jesus. I lose force upon your people. That force that means going after and not stopping until they obtain it. I lose the spirit of the conqueror. I lose the spirit of the conqueror, for he has made us more than conquerors through him in Jesus' name. And Father, I just I cover every person with the blood of Jesus, and I do stand the angels of God around them shoulder to shoulder that no evil penetrate. I ask that you would allow this word to stay in their hearts, that they would meditate upon it, and that they would step out in faith and begin to use those tools that you have given us without being fearful in Jesus' name. We just thank you for all that you've given us, Lord. You did not leave us defenseless, but you have equipped us for everything we need in Jesus' name. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, Carla, thank you so much for sharing this incredible teaching. And again, we just want people to understand that the saints of God need to operate in what they've been given 
and calling on angels is part of that. Because right. the enemy's job description, we got to remember, is to kill, steal, steal, and, and destroy. So we need to command the enemy to loose everything he has stolen from us. Such That's a good true. teaching today, Carla. I'm going to get to see you in August, and I'm so thrilled that I actually get to spend some time with you. I am so excited about that, and I'm very grateful and thankful for you, and I'm thankful for your ministry, and I do encourage people to email you, shoot you an email if they have questions. Of course, Carla's information is linked there on the website. Carla, thank you for that amazing teaching and for praying over the listeners. God bless you and your ministry. It's a privilege. I can't wait to see you. Thanks, Carla. Folks, that was Miss Carla Bouton. Her information is linked there on the July 30th bio at weekendvigilante.com. Do shoot Carla an email. Let her know you heard her on the program. She is such a blessing, and I'm so excited that I do get to see her when I'm in Houston, Texas, August 13th and 14th. Which reminds me, if you are going to be in Houston, Texas, or if you live in the Houston, Texas area, or you can get out there August 13th, I will be speaking at a church, and I will let you know the information will be there on my website in August. So if you can get out, do come out. And if you have a book, I'll sign your book. And as well, I'll have some books there for sale as well. So I do hope to see people in August in the Texas area if you can get out. Tomorrow, we have an incredible treat for the listeners, the one and only Augusto Perez is on the program. It's going to be fantastic to hear all about his missions trip to Ecuador. What a treat. So you want to be tuned into that. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast tonight. Good night and God bless. I've come to know Though my heart and flesh may fail There's an anchor for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has overcome the grave is overwhelmed The victory is won And He is risen from the dead And I will rise When He calls my name No more sorrow
hear the cry. 